Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Great American Senior Show. I'm your gray-haired host, Sam Yates. The Great American Senior Show features topics especially curated for our show and answers the questions being asked and issues being discussed by seniors nationwide. Today, we have an important topic that everyone needs to know about. Uh, We are on location at VIP America, their corporate headquarters. April is a month that we all should take a look at making decisions towards end of life. I um, was a hospice nurse for years and would have the conversations with people when it was way too far into the process. So I became a big advocate for something called Five Wishes. Five Wishes is a book that you can sit down with your family and it walks you through how to have these conversations with your family well before you're in hospice, you're in palliative care. I know that I've had the conversation with my parents and my aunts and uncles who are in their 50s so that we know what their desires are, what they want and what they need at the end of their life. <clears throat> Five Wishes, is, is, it's, it's a book. It's a little um, flyer that um, what it actually does is it becomes a legal document after it is signed and um, <clears throat> and stamped by a notary. It becomes a legal document of all of the wishes that you that you want when you are at the end of life. We all know that we discuss ventilators and those types of things and what people want when it comes to that, but we don't have that discussion about feeding tubes or pain medication or antibiotics or how how we want how far we want things taken and um, this book allows you to say okay you know what I don't want a feeding tube put in I don't ever want somebody to give me pain medicine to the point where you know I, I don't know who or where I am or all of the things that you don't know how to have that conversation with your family this book walks you through it step by step the document that Trisha is referring to is Five Wishes. It's also known as the Five Wishes Advanced Directive. And technically, it is a legal document written with the help of the American Bar Association's Commission on Law and Aging. It meets the legal requirements of 44 states, but's widely used in all 50 states. And a federal law requires medical care providers to honor patients' wishes if they are expressed in that document. It opens the door and brings the conversation to the table well before um, it ever was brought to the table before. Um, I too have worked in hospice, worked in the hospital situations where dealing with hospice patients and end-of-life care. And end-of-life care is a part of what we do every day, being the intermediary from long-term care to transitional end-of-life care. Having those conversations with family members, client, uh, clinicians, and even having the support staff to be able to know those conversations are, are happening and you want the ability to have those conversations before you can't. When we take a look at hospice, everyone has somewhat of a misconception, though. We'll come back to the five, uh, the five wishes in a moment. But everyone has a bit of a misconception that hospice is a death sentence. And it is not that at all, is it? Absolutely not. It is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful foundation company, whatever you would like to call it, that actually makes your quality of life at the end of life significant amount better. 
when 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 a doctor is trying to treat you for for an illness that there is no cure for your a lot of times your treatment is more painful than than whatever the disease process may be when you go into hospice you have an amazing group of doctors and nurses that work together to allow you to enjoy the end of your life um whether it's it's the six months uh, uh you got to get recertified for another year whatever it may be your quality of life is a significant amount better than it would be if you continued aggressive treatment. And it is absolutely not a death sentence. It is, it, is a, it is a group of people who are there to support you. They're there to support your family. I definitely a passion of mine, so I kind of go a bit overboard. <laughs> it's a multidisciplinary approach to the wellness, well-being of the client, the family for an easy transition. We have had many instances where people come into us on hospice care and they will stay on hospice care or they bump in and out of hospice care depending on what is the need at that time. So it's, it's easily uh, something that can be worked into someone's life or, or it could be just the simple transition. But those conversations that, that tend to not happen until we are in crisis care which is at the the very end of life care, uh, is a little too late to have those important conversations. And we want to just open up the doorway to have those conversations now, um, even having them in your daily lives as a part of, you know, the way you operate and the way you speak with your family um, is really essential. One of the things that I think we uh, want to underscore is that VIP America is a nurse registry. So that means that you are able to work with many different agencies. You're not the caregiver or the manager or the supervisor. It puts VIP America in a very unique position of having that eyes on the patients and the families of those who are receiving the care. Absolutely. We are in transition. We are the mid-man transition meant to be the transitional step between hospital care and in-home care to keep people in their homes as long as they can. But when it comes to the conversation, how do you begin the conversation if someone is reluctant to have the conversation? Oh, I think that everybody is reluctant to have the conversation, to be completely honest. I know that... Um, if, because of my my past i feel as though everybody has the right to die with dignity and i feel as though when you sit around your din your dinner table you talk about birth you talk about life you talk about all of these things and 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 end of life should not be as taboo as as what it is so to come in and be able to sit down and 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 just say you know what guys i have this book and i want to talk about what you want and where you want to go with 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 your life and and as you grow and as you get older because let's face it end of life care sometimes is not when you're 80 mm -mm. sometimes it is when you're 50 and and you want to know what your parents want because you never ever want to have to make the decision for them you want to you want to follow what they want so if you say to them and you're sitting down with them and you say please tell me how you want your end of life to be, then then you guys can have this conversation and it doesn't have to be taboo and it doesn't have to be sad because nobody's sick. It's much easier to do when you're not at that point than it is when you are. Mm -hmm. Patricia, let's, let's switch back to a little bit more about VIP. Uh, we are having this conversation about having the conversation because 
in many ways, VIP is a matchmaker. It may be that someone doesn't want to have any conversation, they're a hermit, or however we might want to describe them, and what VIP does is play the role of matchmaker. Yes, that's correct. Uh, the, essentially, the, what we are meant to do is to be situated to help the client. We are a referral-based business, and the clients, and we essentially are caregiving matchmakers. And we get client preferences, we get the caregivers' preferences, and we put the two to, together to make that match. Part of that match is someone who is attuned to, in those instances, who someone has needs for for Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, we have caregivers who are specifically trained in those areas. Same thing goes for hospice. We have many caregivers who have lived, died, and and breathed hospice for the entire existence of their 30 years in the, in in healthcare. We put those clients with those caregivers to make that match, to make those conversations you know, more organically happen, those conversations that don't generally happen. Um, I come from this in a different perspective. At 40, I was looking at having cancer, having a nine-year-old child, having that conversation of, of, of what the what if. It didn't turn into, obviously, an end-of-life care, but it turned into a decision of having to have that conversation of the what if. What if I need something that goes beyond that we can do? What, what are your choices? What do you want to do in the event you can't make a decision? So we had that conversation 10 years ago. And, and luckily, I'm on the other side of that, that. And I'm an advocate for having those conversations with families as soon as possible. We're obviously becoming more post-COVID. We're coming out of something that has claimed a lot of lives. So people are, are attuned to uh, what is happening around and about them. How do you help facilitate making the match necessarily between the different hospice providers? Um, I think that with with the the match with hospice, the the greatest thing is is that because we are a referral based company, we also make that same referral to to the local hospices, and they have wonderful people that come into the home and have conversations that most people cannot have. And I know a lot of the local hospices have, have even something as simple as apps where you can go in and you can make a referral and they set up the, they set up the appointment and they come out and they, they, they see the patient and have these conversations with them, which all ties together with our referral-based company. We try to tie to as much as we can to our referral basis, but we also try to refer back to our community partners in the instance where we have been in a situation where we are serving um, or the caregiver is serving servicing a hospice client and those needs greater exceed than that what we can provide or that caregiver can provide uh, to that client, then they are back, referred back upstream for crisis intervention possibly or for rehospitalization if that is necessary for the circumstance or appropriate. Um, we don't just take them in and never give them back to someone. We always refer back upline, especially if their need exceeds the ability of the caregiver to serve them in the home. Ladies, I'd like to thank you very much for taking part in our program today. And uh, for everyone who is watching right now, a reminder that you can visit the VIP America website for a variety of additional information at www.vipamerica.com. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Great American Senior Show podcast. 
Thank you for joining us on today's journey. And remember, you can help choose the next destination, suggest a topic, or even a guest by visiting thegreatamericanseniorshow.com. I'm Sam Yates, and that's the way our show ends.